You're listening to SpectraCast, the show where I get behind the scenes on diversity and inclusion. I'll be talking to a number of people who have taken steps towards greater inclusion of others, and also with those who have benefited from being included in the workplace. Whilst my bias might be towards recruiting and retaining neurodiverse people, I'll also explore practical approaches to be more inclusive overall. Hi, I'm your host Chris Turner, and I've made it my mission to help employers to embrace and reap the rewards of being more inclusive of neurodiversity. In doing so, I hope to do my little part in ensuring more neurodiverse people get the same opportunities and choices as everyone else when it comes to work and employment. So, if you're curious and want to learn from those who are doing it, and you favour action over inaction, then stick around. Today I'm sitting down with Laurel Lau, a innovation consultant and leadership coach, and we talk all things innovation, creativity, and neurodiversity. So sit back, relax, and uh, hope you enjoy the show. So thanks for joining me this morning, Laurel. Really appreciate you making the time. Well, I'm excited for this conversation. It's awesome. It's cool. Um, what I thought would be good to start off with, though, is an introduction to Laurel. Who who are you and what do you do with yourself day to day? So, you know, I've introduced you um, as a leadership coach and innovation consultant, but uh, what does that look like day to day for you? Yeah, so for me, um, I am I am a leadership coach. So what I've done in the past is really work with uh, clients one on one and helping them understand what is their long term vision and how do they improve their communication. Uh, right now, I'm working on uh, actually a recruitment for a production project and a couple of different things on the side also. And so um, it's, uh, it's very dynamic and uh, I interact with a lot of uh, different types of business owners and, um, and I get to learn about their needs and uh, what they deal with. And um... Okay, that's cool. And one of the things that I think is going to be interesting though is the, is the perspective of your own personal background. Did you want to go into that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of misconception of what is uh, neurodivergent, what, is, what does it mean to be on the spectrum? Um, and I uh, saw a cousin growing up uh, being diagnosed with dyslexia, um, and uh, but I had no idea that I had something similar. I just thought... Well, I couldn't really focus well, but I'm getting great grades except for like two classes that I don't like. And, um, and it was a huge struggle. I would, um, it would take me a lot more time to figure out, uh, to do a certain task in a certain environment. Um, and I wasn't used, I wasn't used to that, putting that much strenuous uh, pain into something that didn't seem normal to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't understand why I had that limitation. And as I got uh, diagnosed with um, CAPD, uh, Central Auditory Processing Disorder, 
as I read through books about it more, um, there's a book I read called Light Sound Through Water. I realized it was um, probably has to do with more repression of creativity. Um, and I realized that the label doesn't mean anything um, and that I have to find other ways of getting support rather than talking to uh, psychologists and, um, and uh, these education experts because they're not telling what's the truth. And I can feel it like that. Um, so then I went on a journey in understanding what, what does that actually mean about me? Like what can I find out about myself and my way of learning uh, that's unique, that's different? Uh, where can actually produce the most result for uh, employer or my clients? And so that is the journey that I went on after that. Okay. That's, um, I was actually, just on a side note, you mentioned about the creativity angle, and I was listening to a podcast this morning, and they were talking about how creativity isn't necessarily, a, it's not an epiphany that just jumps on us. It's something that our brain is working on constantly. And it was this um, dichotomy of left hemisphere, right hemisphere, and it's the right hemisphere that is the one that's making all these um, seemingly random connections with um, disaggregated sort of data points. But because the left hemisphere is the one that's really, it's in the here and now and it's action orientated, until you can quieten that down, uh, you don't get these um, real creative ideas that come through from the right. And and, uh, you're, you're talking about that ability to access that creative side of the brain is something that comes more naturally for, for yourself at least and I kind of think it's an interesting perspective for, for others who are on the spectrum whether that's a you know, sort of a consistent theme and what, what has been your experience with that? Yeah I think um, so on that note I think um, yeah anything that is labeled a different mind is just because it's happening because there's been a suppression of creativity itself and um and uh and you couldn't really look at a person's ability unless you allow them to actually have fun learning have fun creating um and and what actually comes out and so i was really lucky when i was growing up i went to two kindergartens like uh i probably had too much energy and like <laughs> what to do with me. Yeah. So I went no so I went to two kindergartens in Hong Kong. Uh one that was Montessori, which was all about play. Yep. Um and one that was in uh Chinese where like we learned all the linguistic skills and 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 everything that's needed. And mm-hmm. so um and it's it was really interesting uh, to go from there into uh, primary school um, because um, it was a very different educational system. So I think that it's uh, interesting that we go through these years where um, the education system doesn't necessarily encourage your creativity in the way that um, allows one to uh, test and expand those talent zones that mm. kids and um, and you come to the world being open, and you come to the world uh, 
with open senses constantly expressing. And somehow we've learned to uh, stop creating and stop expressing uh, in order to fit in a system. And I know that it's been changing a lot and there's a lot of support for that. Um, yeah. A friend of mine uh, is working for uh, 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 education uh, company that teaches robotics to kids. And so I think that there's a lot that's been changed, um, but I think that needs to be uh, what we allow our kids to experience. Um, it's not the school's responsibility. Um, it's, it's more of the parents' responsibility to put the kids into the right school and to the right environment. Um, but definitely educational institutions need to uh, take on the responsibility and, 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 uh, and grooming these young children into, into being uh, creative leaders uh, of the world tomorrow. Because I think we really depend on uh, the group between, like, I would say, wow, 15 to 25 mm. uh, on on their creativity, on their ability to change systems. Um, a lot of a lot of people in their 30s and 40s need to step back and be able to just support um, the young ones to be able to create solutions um, that uh, will allow uh, more disruptions to to in, be introduced into society itself. So, I mean, and this 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 probably good maybe a bit of a good segue actually. So we're talking about there. Um, how do we encourage greater creativity and, and exploration with the kids? But what what kind of environments have you found from a working perspective foster that? And I'm thinking, you know, particularly when we think about, um, I guess, the creative potential of of neurodiverse people. How do we maximise that? in the workplace and, and leverage the sort of the natural capability that um, a lot of those people are going to bring to the table? Uh, from my experience, um, small companies were the environment like that I uh, did well in mm -hmm. uh, and, or that I have the trust of the, uh, the client and the boss where I can actually uh, take charge and be able to create the project and deliver the way that I want. Um, I think that it takes, it takes a young person to build up that confidence in order to be able to uh, find the right environment for them. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, it's always been a startup environment mostly where uh, the business value is really high. So actually in aspect, uh, the inspiration is also uh, relative to that because you're, you're creating that impact um, that uh, you can't see in other places. Okay, so breaking new ground. Yeah, breaking new ground. Like working on projects that um, creates a big impact in the world um, creates such a motivation in everyone to work together in a very different way. So for me, it's been... Uh, it's been leadership style where it's more flat and people can talk to each other uh, as more equals, as equals. Mm -hmm. and, and 
and a diverse environment where people come from uh, different walks of life um, that always uh, help people become a little bit more curious. Um, monocultures are really hard to uh, break through just because for me, I've already lived in many different cultures. And so to live in, to, to stay and work in a monoculture is quite um, challenging because it's not um, uh, people, it's hard to uh, get people to understand your different perspective if they're not expecting it. Um, right, yeah. You um, you mentioned an interesting one before around trust and I guess paraphrasing collaboration. How do you feel uh, an employer or a team can help create that kind of the right level of trust? How do I create the right level of trust? Like how? Do yeah. Well, how could the employer or how could the team that's looking to um, support a neurodiverse person? creating that, that environment of trust? Because I've seen that a number of times that, and it seems to be such a critical element, but um, it can have, also be a tricky one. Yeah, what have you seen? That the a lack of trust seems to, um, it, it's just a real hindrance to open communication and, and understanding. So as you're saying about being able to actually be yourself and be open about what you're looking for, what's going to work for you, how you want to operate. It does sort of it does require a fundamental level of trust, but for whatever reason, um, the conversations and the work that I've done with neurodiverse people is that it seems to be kind of for whatever reason it seems to be a hard one to um, to create or adapt um, for them. And I'm I'm not sure which way is that a is that for the individual or is it coming from the employer? And what's your kind of perspective on on that? On on the situation. Yeah, creating that creating that trusting environment. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really goes top down. Like I think um it needs to be defined from uh above like managers in director mm -hmm. and, and, and importance to establish the company as one that's uh friendly. Uh, towards people who are on the spectrum um, and uh, and in these situations where you might have seen someone have different working style and they might not even ha be on the spectrum yeah right um, the lack of understanding and the lack of trust comes from when we're working in situations I think what comes up for one person comes up for every person in the room. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we are all working together to learn to become better human beings. And I don't think that we, anyone of us is coming from a bad place. And to assume that we are, some of us are coming from a bad place, then it's a horrible world to live in. Great. Mm, so, yeah. So, so it's important to stand on the side that's, <laughs> Uh, of, of the side of someone's brilliance and so um to be but that needs to be encouraged throughout the uh, organization where we learn to talk to each other from understanding each other's brilliance and in that environment we can actually create more and oftentimes it's not that it's about 
people become numbers on a spreadsheet. Uh, people become um, their performance metrics, right? Like so, yeah. how yeah. how if we are so focused on that which we define success, we forget the moment in which we're dealing with people themselves who who live lives, who has their family. And so you see people at office disconnected with their work. And you can almost see that on LinkedIn also, where talking about you, talking about your life is a little bit more difficult than talking about what's happening outside in the world, like in the world itself. And it, there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong talking about and, uh, there's nothing wrong with talking about any different subject, but um, when you're at work and you are disconnected with your own body, um, what you're shutting down your creativity. You're shutting down your way of understanding people from uh, an intuitive wisdom um, perspective. And um, that's a lot that we're losing on in terms of tapping into that intelligence, that, um, uh, that, that type of intelligence that comes from um, uh, cr- creativity that's inspired by nature. Um, and I'm sorry if this is a little bit confusing, but, um, but human intelligence is a lot more in the head itself. Or it's, how should I say? There's one way of working uh, with the mind, but to be able to take inspiration for more, more places than just the the way that it's been done, the way the way that it's been you've been told and you've been asked and you've been trained to to see how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, inspiration always comes, and when we're facing with challenges that hasn't been faced before. And um, it's important to be able to tap into that inspiration and create from that place. So how, because it's really obvious to me anyway, that you've got a real passion for the whole innovation, creativity um, space. How did you end up being a, a leadership coach and an innovation consultant? How did, what, what drew you down that path rather than working for the man? Right. So I was working for engineering firms and startups, and I realized that I didn't necessarily have the room to explore uh, what I can actually fully create. And each project that I would submit that's a little bit beyond the scale of what's been described uh, was faced with challenges, um, just because I, it's been, it's not been asked. Um, Mm -hmm. And even though I do it in a way that's gentle, um, it does raise a lot of eyebrows. Uh, There was also no female managers in the company that I was working in, uh, in a team, in in a team of 20. Um, So at that time, I just realized for myself, I need to understand my own creativity and not just the analytical part that I've been trained in. Um, this creativity that comes from a different area of my brain, I need to be able to fully embody that and integrate it. Um, and so, cause I, I saw it as two sides of me fighting 
for working in different working in different areas and so um my solution was to uh start a lifestyle business and just do coaching uh for a bit while i while i refine um refine my different skill sets into becoming one that's holistic as well as analytical um yeah yeah so so it was definitely a process to go through um and yeah there was no easy way about it um because i spent uh i would say 16 years um only focusing on logic itself and so um yeah and i do see that a lot with engineers and people who focus on operations um and um being able to have integrate that new side and understand what that means is so important and and being working and being connected to a purpose staying engaged at work knowing how to motivate people uh knowing how to be a leader knowing um what's the right thing to do um in in situations you've never been taught how to solve um for for problems you haven't been taught how to solve um it all yeah so you do you think then that um you struggled with um being limited in the scopes that you had set for you in in terms of you know developing or designing or considering you know a, a change to a process or designing a new process and you was you're sort of railing against against that limitation and saying well there's a bigger picture and how can we actually you know consider the greater design the greater picture rather than this this small part that i've sort of been assigned is that what you were having a a challenge with um i think you can describe it in so many different ways right mm. i think uh i think you cannot fight what's coming in your way and um what's uh showing up in in front of you and you would hear signs of it um whether it's amongst your friends whether it's from employers whether it's in your body whether it's in your head whether it's in your dreams like it's it comes to you and you're even though you're each person's on their path um i think i think we all want to be able to connect better with people um and we all want to create something that is cool and awesome and we believe in it and uh that we can live for it that we wake up um and have fire and passion for our absolutely work. yeah yes. for sure yes. yeah so not having um i think uh not not finding that is a frustration for a lot of people and um that's what uh makes people become less social and and hide in their own corners and um and not be able to get the support that they want um so yeah i mean uh, when there's a problem in one area of your life you can't escape when there's a choice is coming up in all areas of your life yes. and so to, to pick one thing and just work on it um it um it gives you a lot of freedom and for me 
I was working away from home and I wanted to have that sense of exploration. And so it's so important for me to love the work that I do so that I can actually explore the world that I, in the way that I want to. And, and, is, and that's, that's working within the sort of the limitations that you see for yourself rather than what might be externally imposed. Is that? Yeah. 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 So it's, um, yeah. So as much as I understood about myself um, and my different talents, I began to see what I can do for individuals and companies. And so, yes, it takes doing the inner work uh, to be able to find that because oftentimes the answers are showing up in front of us. The problems and the answers are showing up at the same places. But, mm-hmm. um, but to be able to see uh, that, um, to be able to notice it, to be able to hear it, uh, you, you have to be listening and you have to be looking and open and receiving a different, a different solution than what you've expected. And that, that process of discovery for you, was that something that you did by yourself or did you, was there someone or a group that you got assistance from? You know, was it, how did that work out for you? Cause you did yeah. say it, t- it took a while, but yeah. So, I mean, speaking with educational experts did help me in understanding what is the, uh, what seems to be the problem, right? Mm -hmm. But through reading books like from uh, Temple Gradlin and and starting with that and and understanding, oh, wait, uh, I'm I'm just different. So I just need to understand my own perspective. I need to understand my mind. So I became really obsessed with understanding, like, why am I thinking the way that I'm thinking and, um, and knowing how to get clarity of, and how does my perspective come about? When do I trust my perspective? When I not? So I worked with um, meditation group, um, studied meditation um, for two years mm-hmm. um, and, um, and then went on to learning uh, different uh, spiritual modalities and um, and integrate that integrating that into my life and um, and learning to see in different ways and so I've had help uh, from uh, coaches from friends from yeah just different walks of life um, and um, yeah, it was definitely a very intriguing journey in itself. Uh, met a lot of fascinating people along the way. <laughs> can imagine. But it sounds like, for you at least, having a variety of kind of supports behind you to you know, help guide you on that journey has been really important. So that's a, that's a really interesting perspective. Yeah. I think having that really inspires you uh, to to see the world in a different way and um and with the world uh really coming together and um and we're at a time where there's so much changes happening and um it's important for us to know um how to combine ideas together Mm. and 
how to combine ideas together and how to work with people to transform like conflicts into like creativity and innovation. Yeah. Um, yeah. About, yeah. It's about allowing people to see like what's at play really. Um, what are we playing with and what ideas we're playing with, but also what potentials of people are we playing with? Um, it matters not what people say, but where people speak it from and from which place that you speak it from that actually creates more production, more um, ability to create just because of this, how should I say, the space from which you create from. Like, um, yes. That's how ideas get combined. Um, and it's through flowing flowing that inspiration of which that's natural of your perspective. Um, and each person has their unique, different perspectives and to be able to be aware of it and articulate it and be comfortable articulating it, um, that creates an environment where people are actually uh, creating together instead of separately. And that's when you're going to get the most value out of those ideas. And then, as you say, combining them together, because I can imagine that the, the challenges that lay before us today are only going to become more and more complex as you know, our understanding of, of problems and the easy ones are being solved for and the ones we create for ourselves going forward are going to require more greater innovation. They'll be more complex. And the ones that the old problems that exist that are still existing you know, obviously we haven't cracked the, the code to solving for those. So I, I think you're right, like that having real diversity of thought in the mix is can only be a good thing, surely, to help us get closer to solving those challenges. Right. And I think those uh, different voices and different perspectives help people see themselves what they actually can bring to the table more, more than just what they've been asked of. Um, yeah. and in the way that you should present, in the way that you should speak. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think that's a value. Um, yeah. Yeah, so letting people be, them, be themselves and not always feeling they need to fit a particular mould or expectation. Yes, and I, I, what I hear from people is that... Um, is that um, sometimes they just don't even know how they think and the process that they go through. Mm. And so if they're not presenting in the way that is uh, uh, understood and accepted, um, uh, or they have to go through all these different loops just to be able to communicate something well, mm -hmm. um, we're not... We're, then we're not doing a good job in being able to hear uh, other people's perspective, right? Um, so it's a, uh, a two-way street. Um, everyone has to do their own part. But um, being able to bring those different voices uh, allows ourselves to be challenged. And that's a great thing to have um, to, to, to see in different ways of what you can actually bring. What, what the other team can actually bring. Um, 
it's not just that person can bring a, uh, a lot of value. It's what, what that represents for everyone else also in the room. Yeah, absolutely. So, and how are you finding then the work that you're, you're doing today? Um, what do you mean? Um, so, uh, the work that you were looking for something that gave you more fulfillment, gave you that opportunity to really express your own creativity. Is that where you're heading now? Is that what you're actually been able to achieve? Yeah, so definitely it's a work in progress. Um, to be able to not see a few, like not know the future, not see a future to uh, trying to see that three months ahead, six months ahead, two years ahead. Yeah. Right? Um, of, of the vision of the life that you want to create, the world that you want to live in. Um, so right now where I'm at is, um, I would say, 13, like 15-year vision. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had to start from like zero. So um, I've created, I created business that failed. I've worked on projects that didn't work. I started things. I ended things. Um, it's trial and error. And um, right now, the projects that I'm working on, I just see a lot more potential for them for creating impact. And um, I've worked mostly one-on-one -on -one before, and um, I am challenging myself to work in um, more stressful environments, more dynamic environments where I can interact with more people. Um, and that's going to help me to grow and be able to deliver more. Um, but yeah, I love that I'm challenged, and I love that the place I'm at right now, and the place that I'm working towards. Um, I've just, um, I've just recruited someone to be part of my team. Um, wow. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I'm getting together, uh, a team, what I call my tribe, my soul family, um, of really conscious people that can do work in wellness and, um, and, and really deliver, uh, great workshops, uh, um, great content uh, around education and wellness itself. So um, it's going to be an epic team and I'm so excited. It's it sounds really good. So I guess that then begs a question though, Laura. If people wanted to work with you, if they wanted to get in touch, what's the best way for them to, to reach out to you? Yeah, uh, so I'm a little bit hidden in terms of one-on-one -on -one work right now but uh, people can find me on Facebook and send me a message or LinkedIn and send me a message um, that's that is totally fine and I'll uh, send you a link um, for a form that people can fill in if they're interested in uh, awesome well we'll make sure I'll definitely uh, put some links to your Facebook LinkedIn profiles and and, and the form that you mentioned, uh, we'll put it in the show notes as well. So if people are interested to learn more and to have a conversation with you about how you could potentially help them, then uh, let's make it easy, huh? Fantastic. Thank you. Okay, cool. Well, thanks very much, Laurel. I won't hold you up anymore, and I really appreciate your time. Um, I know it's a, it's a bit of a tricky time this morning, a bit early, but um, I think it's been a, an amazing chat. I think uh, some really great insights from you around... Um, 
the value and benefits of creativity and the uh, the places to get it from um, or the people we can tap into to, to really leverage those opportunities. So I really appreciate that. Thank you for the opportunity. Thanks very much, Laura. I'll chat to you later. Sounds good. Bye. Have a good one. You too. See ya. Thanks for listening to the show. I really hope that you got something out of it and that you feel like you learned something new. If you did find the show helpful, please leave a rating and or a comment as it will really help to spread these lessons and insights wider and hopefully inspire more people to take the next step toward creating more inclusive workplaces. Also, if there is a topic or guest that you'd like me to explore or have on the show, drop me an email or reach out on LinkedIn. Your input is what will help keep the show relevant and helpful going forward. So until next time, let's work together and level the playing field for neurodiverse job seekers.